As promised, I have read the first 15 chapters of my book titled The Boy. I hope you're enjoying the book so far. If you want to read it yourself, you can find the link to where I posted it on Kindle Vela on the Amazon Story platform. The link is below and on my website, somestoriesofmine.com. If you like this story and want to get more of my stories, you can find them on Amazon and Kindle Vela. So far, I have on Amazon Protect Her, The Hybrid, and The Unaborted, plus a crossword puzzle book and more. On Kindle Vela, I have Protect Her, Avenge Them, and The Boy. The last two are still ongoing. Anyway, for now, I will read for you chapter 15, titled, We Finally Meet. This will have some graphic details, so listener discretion is advised. Remember to like and subscribe and share it with someone you think will like it as well. Now, let's get into it. I am your storyteller, L.T. Bartek. Chapter 15, We Finally Meet. After the incident in the forest where he almost killed Jan but instead had them running from the woods in fear and terror, Arthur left the area. Using his unnatural speed, he went straight to the supermarket to steal food for Dan. Then he raced back to, and making sure Dan was okay, he ran back to the station to wait for the cop. It didn't really matter if he had missed her departure, he had already been to the house and he had her scent, meaning he could track her even if she went all the way to Tennessee from North Carolina. He was enjoying the thrill of the hunt, watching and waiting, building his excitement for the hunt. He hadn't done this in a long time. Though his anatomy was mostly dead, everything about this excited him. He didn't have to wait long, after a few minutes, he saw her walk out the building with the old man. She looked worried and preoccupied, almost as if she knew he was going to kill her tonight. He smiled, his baby-like features transformed into something sinister and ugly. His eyes changed from cotton candy blue to traffic light yellow, and the skin around them turned black as if it were being charred by fire. His teeth became elongated. The skin on his face paled and began to take on the look of a grain cement wall. Arthur stayed in the shadows, watching Jan as she got into her car. The old man, her father, was with her, but that old man would not be able to stop him even if he tried. The plan was in place. He would follow her, even if she didn't go straight home, he would remain on scene and relish the hunt. He would make it last for as long as he wished, and when he was ready, he would take her and kill her slowly, making sure she was cognizant of who was killing her. She had threatened and bothered his little family, and for that she would pay. He waited until they both drove away from the station, he ran just a few feet behind, but not directly. He would run through the grassy plains and on the soft shoulder, and at no time did she see or suspect anything. She did do something unexpected, though. 
She drove by where she had last seen them. He watched as she slowed her car, and he moved over to the other side of the street, slowing. He kept his distance behind her. He smiled again, because he knew she was there, hoping to catch them off guard again, but that was not going to happen, never again. Finally, they arrived at her house. It was a medium-sized, two-story, country-style house. Its cream color with slate-gray roof looked inviting and cozy. It was built for comfort and easy living. The wraparound porch and the swing at one end were quaint. As the two moved around the house, he stayed in the bushes and watched them through the lace curtains. Then he saw her walk out of the house to sit on the porch. He took in her attractive features. She had short, thick, very black hair, sun-kissed, flawless skin, and an athletic body. Over the decades, he had seen a lot of pretty women, but this one had such striking features that he was almost stunned. He didn't harbor feelings like adults do. His emotions were still that of a child. He only sought companionship, platonic love, not romantic love. So he didn't harbor any feelings for her other than hatred. Looking at her just sitting there, staring off into the trees, he almost felt sorry for her. But then he thought of Dan, and his anger grew again. The father had finished preparing the meal in the kitchen and called her in. They sat down to eat, talking. It got darker, so he moved in closer to the house and continued to wait, waiting for the perfect opportunity to make his move. His impatience grew as he watched as he continued to sit at the table, absorbed in something on their handheld device they call a cell phone. After a few more hours, they separated. The downstairs lights went out, all except one. Judging by the shuffling noise coming from that room, he discerned that it was her father's bedroom. A light went on upstairs, and that was where her scent wafted through the crack of the window. He moved over to stand at the tree line again and waited. He remembered standing outside this window before. He had floated up and penetrated her mind, adding in a little more of himself in the hopes of scaring her to stay out of the woods. But she didn't listen. Now she pays. He smelt soap. She had probably taken a shower, but that was no disguise. Then he saw her face in the window. She was looking in his direction, almost directly at him. He backed away and moved further into the darkened bushes. Apparently she didn't see him because after a while she pulled the curtains shut, turned and went to bed. Arthur continued to wait. He had lived for decades and time was of no relevance to him. After a few hours, he heard her soft breathing. She was asleep. With his incredible strength, he crawled like a spider up to her room and quickly opened the window. She stirred, and he silently moved over to stand in the corner where the soft moonlight did not penetrate. He had wanted to take her by surprise, but in an instant she was up. 
He watched as she spun awake and grabbed the gun by her bedside, holding it in both hands. She looked around the room, then reached around for her bedside lamp. Her eyes were now trained on where he stood. He was a little put off by this. Did she see him? How could she? She was trying to find the lamp without turning around, but her hand was way off. She was keeping her eyes trained on where he stood. The moment she took her eyes off where he stood to turn on the lamp, he grabbed one of her high school trophies from the shelf beside him and flung it at the lamp. He needed it to do two things. One, announce his presence. And two, not let her turn that light on. So he made sure to aim and throw hard, breaking the lamp with one direct hit. He saw her eyes widen in shock and fear, but then she fired two shots in his direction. Now she dies, he whispered under his breath. Moving with inhumane speed, he knocked her off the bed. He saw her fly from the bed and bang into the closet door, losing her grip on the gun. He smiled as he watched her try to figure out if her arms were broken. She struggled to get to her knees, so he moved over to stand by her and smash her head into the closet door. Her head banged against the door, making a cracking noise and breaking one of the boards. He smelt blood and smiled again. Suddenly he saw the bedroom door banging open. The light from the hallway illuminated the room. Arthur looked up and saw her father pointing a gun at him. He fired a couple of shots. Arthur sidestepped it and moved like a gust of wind over to him and punched him in the midsection, sending him flying from the room. His body made a sea as he connected with the wall outside. He heard her scream, Dad, repeatedly. Her father slumped to the floor. The air was forced out of his lungs in a woof. This turn of events made him angry. In a split second, he changed his mind. He decided that killing her was too easy. He would make her suffer first. Plus, he needed to punish this old fart for shooting at him. She crawled over to where he still stood in the darkened part of the room, and the scent of her blood filled his nostrils. He struggled to stick to the plan, almost changing his mind again. The red line ran down her face and it looked so delicious. He struggled to hold in his hunger. Even though the smell and richness of her blood were almost too much for him. Looking at her while under the strain of his basic instinct, he tried to voice the words he needed to say. I told you not to go into the woods. His voice sounded strange to his ears, but he had never been in a situation like this where he had to strain so hard to deny himself. It almost hurt to talk, but he continued. He needed her to know. I tried to warn you, but you wouldn't listen. I came for you, but now you will feel a different kind of pain. I will take your father instead. Now he had to get out and get out fast. His will to resist his urge was weakening him, so he ran from the room, grabbed her father by the leg, and left her screaming after him. In the distance, he could hear her running around outside at the front of the house, but he was already too far for her to follow.
he ran, pulling this meatball of a man as he ventured further into the woods. Her father struggled, trying to get an advantage where he could fight back, but he was old and unwell and Arthur was too strong. Arthur stopped and dropped his leg. Her father turned to stand but fell on his bum. The one knee that Arthur was dragging had gotten weakened and the other was his old injured leg. Sam tried to see in the dark, having only the half moon as light, but he could only see the silhouette of a small boy whose eyes were bright yellow and shining like a bulb. Arthur watched as Sam tried to push away from him, still on his bum. Arthur stayed in place. Though he was starving, he liked it when the blood was spiced with fear, relishing the moment. Who are you? Why are you doing this? The usual questions. Arthur said nothing. Answer me, you freak! But Arthur just stood in silence, watching him. After a few minutes, composed, Arthur responded, I am the thing that is going to kill you. I am doing this to make your daughter hurt. She needs to leave us alone. Or, or, what if you don't kill me and I have her leave you alone? Sam asked, his negotiating skills kicking in. Hmm, Arthur pretended to think about it. Please, I promise to make sure she never bothers you again. You don't have to do this. That would work if I wasn't hungry, said Arthur as his face transformed, extending it and exposing his massive jagged teeth. Sam screamed and extended his arm out in self-defense, still pushing back away from Arthur. In an instant, Arthur grabbed it, and just as he was about to take a chunk out of Sam's neck, he heard sirens off in the distance. They were about two miles out and moving fast. His head jerked up, listening and sniffing the air around him. His face returned to normal. He deliberated. Should he kill him so they find his body parts all over the woods? Or could he trust his cop to warn them to stay away? Killing him would mean food and a warning to them. But then they would be hunted. He could take care of himself if he were alone. He had done it many times over the decades. But now he had Dan, his little brother, and he couldn't bring himself to put his life in danger, no matter how hungry he was. He knew he could protect Dan, but then that would mean an all-out war, one that might bring too much attention to him and his brother. He forced his hunger back and the urge to kill and looked at Sam, making sure that his eyes were at their most luminosity. Do you promise to make them stay away from here? His voice was now of an angry child, but still filled with enough venom to make any adult shake. I promise, I promise, Sam screamed. If you lie to me, or if I ever see you, her, or any of your mates come into the woods to try and find me, I will find you, and I will skin you alive. You know I can, and will do it. None of you have the power to stop me. I promise, I promise, Sam repeated. His voice was gruff with fear and pain. Okay, go, and never come back. His voice reverberated through the trees once again, stirring the birds from their nest. 
Sam tried to get to his feet and stumbled. He tried again, and this time he managed to stand on both legs. Then he turned and started hobbling the way they came. He had only gone about ten steps when he chanced to look behind. Arthur was gone, but only out of sight. He knew they were coming for the old man, and he wanted to be there when they did. It was pitch black and Sam was having a hard time staying on his feet. After what seemed like an eternity of walking in the dark forest, he saw flashing lights coming towards him and voices screaming his name. The search party consisted of Jan, Matt and Joe. Here, here, Sam shouted as they came towards him. Jan reached him first. Where is it? she screamed. It He's gone, Jan. We need to go. He stumbled then. Jan caught him. He was no longer able to walk unassisted. No, said Matt, then continued. Whatever it is, we're going to capture it tonight. No, it promised to let me live if we stopped looking for it. We need to go. Now help me get out of here. I can't walk. No way, said Jan. It almost killed us and it killed that girl. It doesn't get to just go on. Jan, listen to me. It is very powerful. I've never seen anything like this before. Let us leave this place now, warned Sam. Okay, we leave tonight, but tomorrow we will be back, Jan said resignedly. Arthur stood in the dark of the woods, watched and listened. His anger grew with every defined word they spoke. The straw that brought the camels back was when he heard the cop they called Jan say she would be back. Those words were like daggers through his eyes, penetrating them and infiltrating his brain. She was the last person he wanted to hear those words from. She, whom he had spared so many times, she should have no business being here. Now she pays. Now they all pay. He wanted to save Dan from this all-out war. They could run, but would be hunted. Right now, he didn't care anymore. If it was war they wanted, he had it in tons. The moment those words were out of her mouth, he struck. All they felt was a gust of wind blowing past them. He hit Jan in the stomach. She was tossed like a sack of sand against a nearby tree. Her entire body banged into it and bounced off hard. She fell to the ground unconscious. Then he went to Joe. He started screaming. Joe was trying to reach around his body, trying to feel why his back seemed to be on fire. That was because Arthur had ran behind and had cut a few deep grooves from shoulder to hip across his back. Then it was Matt's turn. Arthur skidded on his knees and raked his claws across his leg. Matt fell to the ground. He, too, began screaming in pain, holding his right leg, which was almost cut through. In the dark, their flashlights bounced and flashed as Arthur moved from one to the other. Sam looked on, unable to believe what was happening. Then something hit him over the head, and everything started spinning. Then everything went black. Arthur saved the best for last. His onslaught had taken a toll on him, and he was thirsty. So he drained the father and the one they called Joe, 
killing them where they laid. Tomorrow he would deal with the consequences, but for tonight he was 100% himself and he never felt more powerful. With that, a roar escaped him and echoed through the night. Okay, now that we have come once again to the end of my reading of a few chapters of my book, The Boy, I hope you enjoyed it. The story continues, but will now only be available to members of this channel. Sorry. So if you want to discover what happens next, and spoiler alert, it gets crazy, you won't want to miss it. There I'll be reading and posting a chapter a week. Or you can sign up for Kindle Vela and read it there, your choice. But for now, this will be it. Thank you for sticking with me on this one, especially you, Angelique. I so appreciate you. Remember to like and subscribe the rest of you and share it with someone you think will also like it. And remember to love yourself and others and I will catch up with you on the next one. Love you. Bye.